This is day 187 of our daily Bible reading. We'll be completing Matthew chapters 1 through 5. We finally made it, everyone. We've made it to the New Testament. Now let's get going. Lord Jesus, we are excited to meet you today, to see you for the first time in this reading throughout the year. Lord, we are so thankful to finally reach the point where you have come into the world, the most important time in history. Lord, we would love to spend some time with you here, and we are excited to do that. As we listen to your words, Lord, and we see what you have done, Lord, help us to remember these things, and help us to see you as you really are, as our role model, but also as our God. Help us to see that clearly as we go through your wisdom and through the things that you are showing us. Please bless the reading of this word in Jesus' name. Amen. The record of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amminadab, Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz by Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David the king. David was the father of Solomon by Bathsheba, who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Ammon, and Ammon the father of Josiah. Josiah became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. After the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah became the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abihud, Abihud the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok, the father of Achim, and Achim, the father of Eliud. Eliud was the father of Eliezer, Eliezer, the father of Matan, and Matan, the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, by whom Jesus was born, who is called the Messiah. So all the generations from Abraham to David are fourteen generations. From David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Messiah, 14 generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, 
Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child whom she has conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his dream, and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Now when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. He remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged and sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its vicinity, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the Magi. Then what had been spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, 
and she refused to be comforted because they were no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned by God in a dream, he left for the regions of Galilee, and came and lived in a city called Nazareth. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Now in those days John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet, when he said, A voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John himself had a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem was going out to him, and all Judea and all the district around the Jordan, and they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, as they confessed their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not suppose that you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from these stones God is able to raise up children to Abraham. The axe is already laid at the root of the trees. Therefore every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clear his threshing floor. He will gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John, to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I have need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered, saying to him, Permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. And behold, a voice out of the heavens, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. 
But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city, and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, On the other hand, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you, if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Go, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. Now when Jesus heard that John had been taken into custody, he withdrew into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and settled in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This was to fulfill what was written through Isaiah the prophet, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light, and those who were sitting in the land and shadow of death, upon them a light dawned. From that time Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now as Jesus was walking by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus was going through all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. The news about him spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all who were ill, those suffering with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, 
for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that the ancients were told, You shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother, You good for nothing shall be guilty before the supreme court. And whoever says, You fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. Make friends quickly with your opponent at law while you are with him on the way, so that your opponent may not hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Truly I say to you, you will not come out of there until you have paid up the last cent. You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it from you, for it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand makes you stumble, cut it off and throw it from you for it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. 
It was said, Whoever sends his wife away, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except for the reason of unchastity, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that the ancients were told, You shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair black or white. But let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is of evil. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore you are to be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is our first day in the New Testament, and we're already digging deep into theology here. So as you can tell by the sound of my voice, I'm not 100%. I'm struggling through this so hard. So I'm not going to speak very much today. My voice is giving out on me, and I feel pretty miserable. Let me just point out a couple of things while I have the energy. There is so much in here that I cannot talk about everything, even when I'm at my best condition. It will take me hours upon hours upon hours to analyze every piece of theology that we've just read and then more. All the New Testament is going to be teaching us things like this that are practical, that are theological, and very deep. I can't do it all, and this is not what this is for. This is exposure, but I highly recommend spending as much time in the Word as possible to study this for yourself. So we began today with Matthew. Now, Matthew is also known as Levi and he is a tax collector. And the thing about tax collectors is that they were hated by the Jews. And he's a Jewish tax collector, so he's hated by his own people. They were considered traitors and sellouts to the Roman government, so they were not treated as equals or as brothers. So he was an interesting fellow to be accompanying Jesus. 
he allowed a tax collector to become his disciple. And so I'm sure he got all kinds of looks and all kinds of condemnation along the way. Now, Matthew is one of the three, what we call the synoptic gospels. Now, gospel is Greek for good news, and that's the good news of Jesus Christ. So what I mean by synoptic gospel is that if you look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke put together side by side, they're very similar. They have some differences, but they're mostly similar. Now, why are they a little different? Well, because they are eyewitness accounts. And in Luke's case, he didn't see any of this himself. He interviewed multiple people, and he got their story straight from them. So, there may be small variations between these accounts, but, it, but let me assure you that all of them are correct. So, for example, if you see Mark say, I saw two people, but Luke says he saw three people, they can both be true, right? Maybe Mark didn't see the third person. So it, there's little things like that that people are going to try and say, well, this can't be reliable. But this is eyewitness accounts, okay? This is not just a story. This is eyewitness accounts of people who saw Jesus do these things. The Gospel of John is not considered synoptic because it is very different and very unique in the storytelling and some of the events that took place that you don't see in the other three. But the word synopsis means a viewing together. They are meant to be put side by side as parallels to each other. So just know that going forward. But you'll see that as we go through these three synoptic gospels, they all have different vantage points. So Matthew, his main vantage point was to appeal to the Jews and specifically his fulfillment of prophecy. Because you see that a lot in the book of Matthew, where it'll say, he did this, and it fulfilled this prophecy. Jesus said this, and it fulfilled this prophecy. And so he's trying to appeal to the Jewish people. This is your Messiah. Wake up. Look at him and see this is your Messiah. And that's what he was trying to do through his gospel. And naturally, if you wanted to show the legitimacy of Jesus as being a Jew, as well as being of the line of David, that's why Matthew starts with a genealogy. It's not an exhaustive one like we'll see later, which will show from Adam till Jesus, but he shows that through 42 generations, from Abraham till the present day, he is the Messiah. And Now, this is interesting because if we understand what the Bible's been telling us, he is born of a virgin, which means biologically, Jesus is not related to Joseph. But because Joseph is of the line of David, he falls under the family of David. But you're going to see later, in kind of a spoiler alert, that you're going to see another genealogy later that's different than this one. And you're going to be like, why is it different? And what's the purpose of this being here? That genealogy is Mary's genealogy. And Mary is also of the line of David. So you can't disqualify Jesus just because he's not biologically Joseph's son when Mary is also of the line of David. So it's fascinating how that happened. So I'm not going to go through chapters 1 and 2 in great detail for the sake of energy and time, 
because this is very plain and it's worth researching. Chapter 3 is about his baptism, and if you wanted to study that more in depth, I have a podcast episode for that, specifically on Christology for his baptism, so look into that, as well as in chapter 4, his, his temptation. So I do have an episode dedicated just to the temptation as well, if you wanted to listen to that. The one to really study and to look at more in depth as we go into next week is beginning in chapter 5, which what we call the Sermon on the Mount. There is so much in here that each verse could be a whole sermon. So I'm not even going to try and analyze everything, but we are so blessed that God gave us the Sermon on the Mount. There's so much in here that he sets straight. But one of the main things that he does during the Sermon on the Mount is he divides what we call the letter of the law from the spirit of the law. Because Jesus is the author of the Bible. He is God. And he knows exactly what his word was intended to be. He's the author. So he understood how it should be read and understood. Now, unfortunately, the Pharisees of his day were very faithful and they were religious, but they were dead inside. They were believing in lies and they were also exalting the letter of the law instead of the spirit of the law, the true intentions behind it. Instead, they just followed it literally, as the Bible said. So, Jesus is setting the record straight. That's why he'll say things like, You have heard it said, do not murder, but I say to you. So, he's not saying, thus says the Lord, right? He's saying, I say to you, because he's saying it with authority, because he wrote it. So, he is clarifying what it really means to obey that portion of the law. Not just, oh, I'm not going to kill anybody, therefore I have not murdered. But don't hate anybody in your heart, because to God, hating somebody with the intent of wanting to kill them, but actually killing them, is the same. They're both intentions of murder in the heart. And so that kind of stuff is what Jesus sets straight throughout the Sermon on the Mount. And with that, I am going to stop. I need to rest. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.